Welcome, everyone. This is uh, Sean Eakins. I'm the general manager for the Sacramento Natural Food Co-op. Um, today, I'm here to talk about uh, the Co-op Scoop. It's our audio podcast, and we're going to be featuring interviews with farmers, food artisans, co-op movers and shakers, and even some bakers. Every week, we intend to bring you a large scoop of food knowledge, highlighting one of the most bountiful food regions in all the land. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Sean Eakins, the general manager from Sacramento Natural Food Co-op. And uh, we are here once again with uh, another edition of the Co-op Scoop. Um, and today I'm uh, really happy to uh, re- introduce Solar Bee Farms. Uh, it's a family-owned farm and operated solar-powered honeybee farm based in Woodland. Began as a way to offer the family beekeeping business a way to sell their pure raw honey directly to their customers, including co-op shoppers. Claire Towser has been a part of the business since its beginning and joins us today. Welcome, Claire. Thank you so much for having me. Did I uh, butcher your last name or is that? <laughs> you know, it just depends on who you ask. Our family's huge and half of them say Towser and half of them say Towser. Okay. So, you know, half of them are going to be mad at you no matter what. <laughs> so I'm 50, I'm, I have a 50-50 chance. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, I'm sure the first thing, I mean, I'd love everybody to hear about. I'd love to hear more. Um, I've been a fan of uh, your honey for some time. Uh, maybe tell us just a little history of uh, Solabee. Absolutely. So we're really excited. Um, we're celebrating 10 years this month, actually, as a honey brand here mm-hmm. in the in the area. And um, the story goes back. It depends on how much time you want me to spend. But um, the story <laughs> of Solaby, I'll just is really is really fun. Um, it started with my husband, Trevor. Um, he graduated from UC Santa Cruz, go banana slugs. And uh, he came back to he graduated in 2008. And the economy was, you know, not the greatest. So yeah. he came home um, wanting to help his dad with the beekeeping business. Um, he grew up, you know, with bees on our family farm here in Woodland. And, uh, he wanted to, you know, he, he started working the bees and, and really enjoyed it, but he also wanted to, you know, do something kind of put his own spin on the business. And he, for years had been giving honey away to friends and family. And obviously we always had our own honey from our bees, but we never had a way of uh, selling it directly to the customer. Right. <laughs> consumer. So he dreamt up Solabee and uh, his good friend who was a a designer helped create the labels. And then uh, when I met him, uh, I was teaching over in West Sacramento and he hadn't sold the honey anywhere. He just had this beautiful label and and the idea for it. And I was just, I fell in love with it. So I started selling it. um, Just, I had no idea what I was doing, but I had summers (laughs) off from teaching. I started selling it to all the teachers at the high school and then it started to pick up and um, the rest is history. So the we have a longstanding, uh, you know, history in beekeeping, but Solabee is actually only 10 years old and we're really proud of it. Awesome. And you mentioned the 10 years. Uh, how do you feel about just how the company's evolved and grown? Oh my gosh. I feel like I, you know, I know it's a cliche, but it's so true. I mean, we learn something new every day and I, I actually cannot believe it's been 10 years. It feels like, you know, I'm really, really proud of where we are. And I just feel so honored that we're still here. Um, we've been through so much, um, you know, as a, as a state, as a, as a nation, yes. obviously currently. Right. And <laughs> yeah. I just feel so my husband, you know, Trevor and I are just incredibly grateful every day that we get to, you know, run our family business and that we've been able to, to really develop Sola B into something that, you know, when I go out, you know, obviously not right now, but when I'm at events <laughs> the past right. few years, 
people actually understand what's going on with honeybees and they care and they, they recognize our brand. And I'm still shocked when everyone says, Oh, I love that honey. I mean, I still see, I'm like, Oh, you know who we are. So I think the biggest thing is I just feel like we've evolved and we've really been able to do our mission, which is to educate about the importance of honeybees. And, and solo bees been just this beautiful way that makes people care about bees and honey and really want to know where their food comes from. And that's just the best part of it for right. us. And um, how's the work divided between yourself and Trevor and the rest of your crew? I know you mentioned you did some selling. Uh, how does that work today? Yeah. So it's changed. I mean, we first started, it was just Trevor and me and uh, I was labeling all the honey and doing all the deliveries and, and doing a little bit of everything. And I'm really proud to say that Heather, Heather Albin, who's a, a Woodland native, she came on with us about eight years ago now. And um, about the same time we came into Sat Co-op actually. Okay. And um, she, when I first hired her, she likes to always joke, I told her, I don't know if I can really keep you busy for 20 hours a week. And then quickly, <laughs> <laughs> quickly, she became a 40 hour a week employee because as she came on, we just grew and grew and grew. And so right now, Heather does all of the logistics. She does all of our deliveries. So she's the one bringing the honey to the co-op every Friday. And um, I'm really fortunate that I get to do a lot of the outreach and the community support. And I do what I call myself the brand manager. So I'm just out there doing education. And as a, as a teacher, I love that. So right. I get to be just more interactive with the public. Whereas, um, you know, and I still label honey here and there, but you know, I have to take care of most of that now. And we're just so fortunate. So we also have a part-time employee named Aubrey and she's fantastic. And she does a lot of our events when we are able to have them. And then, um, Trevor does all of the beekeeping, um, and manages our, our other beekeepers. And so he's the one that really make sure our hives are healthy and sustainable and getting what they need out in the, out on the pastures that they live in. Right. And then I'm able to just do all of the, uh, the brand managing. Nice. So in the last eight years or so, uh, the co-op's been sourcing honey, you know, from Sola Bee. Um, I know you and Trevor have gotten married and started a family. Um, so I guess going further, how have you been able to balance um, the competing responsibilities? Oh, wow. Um, well, like today, my our youngest son, Anderson, he's 21 months and uh, wow. <laughs> I'm home with him. And Trevor had to come. You know, luckily, it's a family business and we have some flexibility, but we don't really have hours. You know, we balance it by just doing the work when we can and and really leaning on the people that work with us. We just have an amazing team. Um, we, you know, it's kind of a silver lining at the pandemic. We actually were able to hire um, this woman named Rachel Moore who uh, has her own business called the Bee Charmers. You guys may have heard of her. She uh, she does all kinds of really fun like hive dive experiences. Well, because of COVID, you know, she had to really um, stop doing a lot of those events. And she actually came, we were good friends and she actually came to work with us. And so lately, um, to be honest, Rachel's been picking up a lot of my slack because I've had to really, <laughs> you know, we've had to, you know, the kids, they take everything. We have a four-year-old and a 21-month-old now. And um, it's, it's every day is a new challenge. So I, I don't know how to answer the balance. Balance, I think, is a myth. You know, I mean, there are some weeks where we are, you know, writing emails at, at midnight and other weeks where we're able to just really enjoy, you know, a nice day with the kids and, and out on the farm. So it just depends. Yeah, no, I hear you. I've got a six month old uh, along with the 15, 16 and 17 year old at the house right now. So I definitely oh. know the <laughs> The myth of balance. <laughs> I figure yeah, I'll I, shoot for, for an answer, though. <laughs> I know. It's, you know, I think we can do all of all these working parents, especially right now. I think we can do each other a favor by like just 
just squashing that. There's no such thing as balance. It's just survival. Yes. <laughs> yes. If anything, 2020 and so far 2021 has taught us, I think it's definitely survival. Yes. <laughs> um, so maybe um, you could talk a little bit about the farm's commitment to uh, sustainability, which I think um, one of the silver linings I've found in these talks that I've had with different people, um, there is more awareness about local, about sustainability, about healthy. Um, and really for the planet and the bees, along with that sustainability, what does that mean to you? Oh, such a good question. Um, well, sustainability has been our mission from day one. And one thing I'm really proud of is how we've been able to commit to it in different ways over the years. Um, one really exciting thing I can share that's pretty new is we've partnered with this technology company that's actually a startup. They're called Bee Hero. Okay. And they create these amazing sensors that actually go into our hives and can tell us a lot about what's going on in the hive. And because we keep our bees, which I'll talk about in a little bit, because um, in terms of our honey production, but we keep them in these small groups spread out throughout the county and throughout um, Northern California. And so we can't be physically with our bees every single day. Well, that makes it difficult to then know how to sustainably uh, manage them, right? So right. we're really proud of this new partnership with Bee Hero because they can, we have these cute, tiny little sensors that don't don't bother the bees at all. They're just in there kind of reading what's going on, the, the different vibrations, the heat levels. It's really amazing. And so we can help we, that helps us know what's going on with each hive at any given time. And we can actually focus our energy more efficiently and sustainably on management. So that's pretty exciting. And then we also, um, so, I mean, to, to answer the question directly, sustainability is so multifaceted in a, in a, in a bee business and in any yeah. business really. But, you know, for us, it started with solar bee. I mean, solar bee stands for solar bee. Mm, yes. <laughs> and our farm, like you mentioned, is solar. So that was something we did back in 2001. I mean, we've had solar forever running the farm. So that's something that we almost forget that we even do anymore, which, cause you know, it's becoming, it wasn't very popular back then, but right. you know, now everybody's solar. So, so we, but we are constantly wanting to improve our sustainability. So um, so Be Hero is a big one in terms of that technology and that saving the time driving. And instead of having to physically drive to each location, we can check the sensors and then spend our energy where it's needed. Right. right, right. So that, that's that been really fun. And then we uh, partner with the NRCS for hedgerows and pollinator gardens. Um, we've sponsored um, Project APSM is an amazing, amazing nonprofit that plants seeds for bees. So it's about keeping the bees healthy in oh, all wow. the different areas. And then we're doing this project right now with the U.S. SDA um, with queen bees. Um, we started breeding our own queens and we're actually studying um, resistance to mites and other um, diseases and viruses that bees can get because we want to help figure out, you know, how can we make a stronger queen, which means yeah. a stronger hive. Yeah. And so there's so many layers to to, to our sustainability and to, to healthy beekeeping. And, and we're just wanting to be involved in all of it as much as possible. Wow. No, that's awesome. And uh, it's uh, great to hear when technology can, uh, help with that type of sustainability and that type of uh, efficiency. Yeah. Um, it, we're like, they approached us and we were like, yes, please. This is <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about local, but what benefits really come from sourcing local honey from a farm like Solabee um, rather than just getting honey from any old place? Well, I believe in buying honey from all local beekeepers. And so I have a cabinet full of honey from all over the world, all over the state, all over the country. Um, people bring me honey and trade me all the time. So nice. I love it. Um, <laughs> 
But the truth is you need to buy honey from a reputable beekeeper or reputable, you know, local co-op because a lot of the honey you find elsewhere is actually not honey. It's adulterated, it's sugar syrup. It's um, maybe there's a semblance of honey somewhere in there, but a lot of things have been added. Um, You really want to buy, if you want to get a a good product that, you know, that's true, that actually has the healthy antioxidants and vitamins and is truly, is truly pure raw honey, then you want to buy from a beekeeper. Yes. Definitely. Um, the other thing I think, you know, the co-op, we carry six different varietals of Sola Bee. Um, how do you manage or how do you work with that much diversity and how would you describe the differences in flavors? It's so fun. So we used to never say the word flavor because people thought we added flavors, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) But now, like I said, over the past 10 years, you know, 10 years now, I think people are becoming way more educated in honey. And um, the way we have, and it's very simple. And yet um, I answer this question all the time. We don't flavor the honey, the bees do. It comes from different, you know, pollen and, and nectar sources out in wherever they're foraging. And so the way we do that is we've cultivated relationships with ranchers and farmers and and all kinds of different land stewards. We work with some land trusts um, and we have these micro regions and these small groups of hives um, in these different areas. And it's great for the bees because they're getting lots of different pollen and, and nectar, but they're also producing different varietals of honey. And so it's taken years to, to practice and to know what's going to bloom at what time and Mm -hmm. all the different things that go in it. But we're really fortunate that we've, we've developed these different, um, partnerships and that's how we're able to get the different types of local honey. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, we've touched on it and I mean, uh, that project you're doing with the Queens, uh, can you just talk a little more about why the bees are so important and, you know, and it's obvious they bring us delicious honey, but what are the services really that, bees provide? So in California, one thing that people don't um, always realize is that honeybees are actually kept for pollination. They're not just for honey. (laughs) So everyone thinks like, you know, (laughs) honey production is the reason to keep honeybees. But actually here in California, as many of you know, we have just this extensive growing period and this amazing soil and we produce so much of the world's food. And the, the number one reason we can do that is honeybees. And now maybe I'm biased, <laughs> but people don't realize that honeybee pollination is vital to our food system. And so, but we have to keep healthy honeybees and we have to pollinate or else we won't have enough food to eat. And so, so many of the farmers that, that support the co-op and that we see around that where we eat their fresh vegetables, those were pollinated by a honeybee that we manage. And so it's such an important part of our food system. And that's one of the best things that I, you know, love to share because people don't realize it. Yes. Yeah. I think, uh, it's funny. I watched, uh, I watched uh, or put it on the other day. I'd only seen it once when my teenagers were younger, but the bee movie and oh, yeah. uh, just kind of distracting a <laughs> six-month-old. And I had to laugh listening to it because, of course, Jerry Seinfeld is uh, hilarious. But the message in that movie, you know, and it's been out for some time now, it's uh, funny how now it's just kind of really getting back to the forefront again, uh, these conversations. But thought it was funny how we're, uh, he was suing uh, for stealing uh, the honey from the bees. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and people ask me that a lot. I actually have a friend who's vegan and she's, she was really concerned that we were, you know, that, that, you know, taking honey from the bees could be, could be dangerous. And I actually explained to her how we sustainably harvest our honey and how it, it's very, it's important. It's actually part of keeping a healthy hive. You have to take the honey out because they will actually overproduce the honey. Yeah. So we never take an excess of honey, but we always, you have to take honey out as a good beekeeper. It's a management um, process. It's very important. And so um, when I explained that to her, she was like, oh, so you don't have to hurt the bees in the process. I think I can eat honey. And I'm like, it's totally up to you. No pressure, but <laughs> and I we're not stealing it. <laughs> and it's probably a lot uh, friendlier for the bees than having uh, a bear or something tear into their hives to get their honey. So. <laughs> Yes. And one of the things we get asked a ton about um, honeycomb and honeycomb is amazing. And if it falls out of the hive, don't worry, I'll be the first one to eat it. <laughs> but we, um, it is a little bit more of an intrusive process because you have to cut into the frame of wax yeah. and then remove it. And it actually takes bees so much longer to produce wax than it does honey. And so um, part of our sustainability and part of our processing does not include cutting out the chunks of comb. We just take that top layer off and spin the honey out. Okay. And so that's why we don't sell honeycomb because we actually leave it in there for the bees. Nice. And um, you mentioned challenges. I know we've talked about what are some of the other challenges that bees are facing and how your bees are faring by comparison and maybe concerns you might have and just what is Sola be doing outside of what you've mentioned to combat those concerns? Oh my gosh. Well, it's a constant struggle. Um, I'll be honest. I wish I had a, a happy answer for you, but <laughs> Um, as, as you know, our populations grow and as we build more houses and all the things that are, you know, important, um, on one hand, we're taking a lot of uh, land away for, from, you know, from farming and from honeybees. And yes. what I like to tell people is bees are actually more like cattle. They need open pasture. They need land to graze and, and flowers and plants to forage on. So our biggest concern is we we want to be um, regional beekeepers. We don't want to travel out of state. Mm -hmm. And a lot of beekeepers have to travel out of state now because there's just not enough space for right. the bees. And so our biggest challenge as beekeepers who just want to stay in Northern California and want to be sustainable is finding people and places where we can put the bees, where they're not bothering somebody's swimming pool or bothering someone in their backyard. And that's getting harder and harder to do. Right. And so it's just this, this constant, you know, a lot of my work with outreach and a lot of Trevor's work with beekeeping is finding people who will let us put bees on their land because we can't possibly keep them all on our own farm. You know, we have to have partnerships. We have to have space. Right. Um, and that's that's our number one challenge. And and to combat that, you know, for that second part of your question, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to ideas. What we do, and, and this is just me being a teacher, it's all about education and, and, and outreach. And, and the more we share the, the opportunities like this, thank you so much. Because the more we tell people that this is what we need, we get wonderful feedback and a lot of support from people who are willing to host our hives. Um, because that's our biggest challenge is really just um, space for the bees. Awesome. And you mentioned, uh, how can regular consumers uh, be good stewards for bees? And uh, is there any... Uh, I don't link sites, anything that you would recommend uh, for, for our shoppers or, you know, listeners that, you know, could check out. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many great things out there. I think number one is just in your own home garden and yard, just um, planting diverse 
uh, plants and flowers and natives that have lots of pollen that, that bloom at different times of the year. Um, because everybody's pretty good at spring, you know, right, type right. blooming, but you can find things that will actually bloom in different times of the year. And that's really good for bees providing that, that, that nectar and pollen during some more, maybe less, um, productive times. Uh, you can also just be, you know, aware that, you know, if you live near, um, I mean, even in urban areas, I, I think just being more tolerant of honeybees. I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how many people call and, and complain about having bees near them. And, and I, I try to, I try to be understanding, but I'm also like, you know, this is so important to the food system. So if you can just be more tolerant and right. know that they're not aggressive and, and they're not, they're just trying to get a drink of water and maybe it's not, awesome that they're getting a drink of water in your dog bowl. But, you know, <laughs> there's other way, there's some really great resources. I'm trying to think, I'm sorry, I should have had this prepared. Um, okay. If you just Google like a bee waterer, you can, you can put out water for the bees and they're really creatures of habit. So if they're going to somewhere to get water that you don't want them, maybe giving them an alternative water source, especially right now. And then um, another big one, because we are in spring now is you're going to see swarms, you know, swarming is natural and it's not, it looks scary <laughs> when you right, see a big, right. <laughs> big thing of bees on a tree, but just call the Sacramento area beekeepers. Um, Saba is that with, they're wonderful and they have a swarm collection, a collector that'll come out and, and take the swarm and put it back into a hive with a new queen. So it's not bothering you, but it's still, um, you know, being, being rescued, you could say. So it's very natural, just being tolerant, planting, um, different pollen, you know, native plants that will uh, produce pollen. And then, yeah, just, just sharing how important honeybees are and that they're not a nuisance. That's the biggest thing you right. can do to help. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's uh, great uh, advice for anyone that's listening. Uh, we definitely, I, I love the fact that, you know, just being more tolerant. And I think education obviously uh, goes hand in hand with that. Well, and I, I understand the fear. So my four-year-old, and I just want to share this, he's deathly allergic to honeybees as luck oh, would wow. have it. Okay? Wow. And so I get the fear as a mom, you know, when you, when you're in your backyard and you have your kids running around and there's bees, um, I get the fear because I, I, my son will go into anaphylactic shock. Right, right. <laughs> um, and we have an EpiPen and we're ready, but just, you know, put shoes on them, teach them, you know, teach them to just um, be aware of them, but not afraid. You know, there's a lot of things you can do and you can coexist with bees. They're really not aggressive. Um, and so I think that's just so important to share because the more, the more we can all understand that, the better. Yes. So I'll have to ask, um, out of all the varietals, do you have a favorite and how do you like to enjoy it? I do. I love, so it's silly. And I tell the story, <laughs> those of you listening who've met me are probably like, Oh God, Claire. But, uh, <laughs> my favorite is black button sage. Um, and it is our lightest varietal and it's my favorite for two reasons. So it's the first honey that my husband ever brought me, which is just sentimental. So right. like our first, first time we met and he was explaining like that he was a beekeeper and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he, he brought me a jar of black button sage, honey. Um, and so that's one reason. The second reason is that it's just the most mild honey. It just, it goes really well as a, just a light sweetener. So my favorite way to eat it is either on Greek yogurt, um, just drizzled on top of just plain Greek yogurt or, um, on Chev on, on goat cheese. Um, I love, I love it on <laughs> goat cheese with a little cracker. It just, it's a nice little sweet treat and you don't feel, you know, it's not overly sweet. It's just the perfect balance in my opinion. <laughs> that uh, sounds delicious. <laughs> I'm getting hungry for lunch now. <laughs> I know, right? Well, um, 
I've got, uh, I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to share before we go, but uh, I know you've got a lot going on. I appreciate you being able to take time today and, uh, and uh, you could take care of that 21 month year old or month old, <laughs> I should say. Um, but uh, if there's anything else, let us uh, know. But otherwise, I just really appreciate what you do. Uh, we love your product here. Um, I think consumers uh, love it as well. And uh, I appreciate uh, everything you're doing for the bees as well. Well, thank you. No, I mean, you guys are just huge supporters. And I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to come on to this. And I know we're all pivoting and, and being creative this right now with the pandemic. And I'm just so thankful for everyone that works in grocery stores and everyone that is supporting our farmers and ranchers and beekeepers right now, because we're all in this together. And, and I just, I really appreciate the time to talk about honeybees and, and to share this information with you. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. And I think, uh, uh, hopefully people will learn. Uh, I know I learned a couple new things today and I thought I had done some research. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I love the education side. I think that is just key to so many of our uh, issues right now or challenges. So um, again, well, feel free. anyone's interested in any of the honeybee experiences and um, do visit uh, the bee charmers. Her website's hive to spoon. Um, dot com and then we work directly with her so a lot of her experiences with honeybees are um are, are our bees or and we can provide um all kinds of different education so if you're interested in learning more about bees i really recommend her awesome. and uh, and yeah that that's uh, yeah <laughs> good luck in your in everything everybody and, and stay safe out there thank you you as well take care take care <laughs> bye bye <laughs>